People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome to the realm of the supernatural. How the devil are you all? I'm Lee and this is Andy. Andy Macker. Yeah. And Howdy uh, doodies. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Right, so we've got uh, a little interview coming up soon with uh, Kathleen and John. Yep. From the Mostly Ghostly Tours. Yep. And that they put on actual ghost tours in Scotland. Yeah. Um, you know, actually take people out on a bus on this particularly haunted road, which is the A75. Um, so we'll get into a little bit of that soon. Uh, then after that, I'll be telling the story of another haunted road. Uh, this one down south, though, in England. Um, the Hairy Hands. The Hairy Hands. Are they always hairy? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it's kind of a mixture of the two stories. There's right. two stories going on, okay. like parallel to each other, and it's right. kind of a mixture. So obviously, I'll, I'll you know I'll get into that, but no, yeah. not necessarily. Okay. Um, Just all it is is a pair of hands taking over the driving of it, taking over the steering wheel. Yeah, and forcing people off the road. Hmm. Um, okay. So we had a new review this week, and finally, somebody liked the Dick Turpin episode, which is good. Uh, okay. I tell you what, I did. I did. Um, I played the. I was out with someone the other day, and uh, they asked me to put a show on, and uh, we we was on about a history one, and obviously we've done a couple of the history shows, and I actually put the pirate one on, and I thought it was quite informative. No, listening back yeah, to yeah, it, I yeah, thought it was quite informative. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, once we put the show out, it seems alright, but when you listen to it, think yeah, I like that, really good. So, yeah, right. Do you want to do this? I'll do the review. Just the middle one there. Just the middle one. Right. This is from Singara. Five stars. Thank you very much. They say, if you like uh, natural podcasting with supernatural surroundings, then this is for you. Dick Turpin is my favourite episode out of all the other great episodes. Factually, quite frightening. Mm. Well, it, is, yeah, though, it, it was, because yeah. we, we, I mean... Because he was a bad bastard. Yeah, he? but I mean, the movies describe him as a kind of a, a hero. Yeah, you know? like but, Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. But he, again, if you dig deep, Robin Hood wasn't... Innocent as no. well. No. But hey, if it would I don't good. trust a guy in tights anyway. No, I don't, mate. No. Especially never have. Especially not you. Well, I don't, not good. I've never worn tights. That's slander, Mr. Mr. Luckily, this, slander, luckily this isn't a video cast. <laughs> not yet, no. Right. Maybe. So, yeah, um, I liked it, Turpin, but we, we did it. We did a bit of digging on him and uh, we got the quite the big facts yeah. on him. What's he, and his gang, of course. It wasn't just Dick Turpin mm, and indeed. his accomplices, of course, wasn't it? So, let's um, get this interview. Under you know underway, but we'll just you know after this we will be doing the weird story of the week. So yeah. uh, stay tuned for that. So right now we welcome on Kathleen and John. Enjoy. Okay, so we want to welcome on Kathleen and John to the show. Hello, guys. Hello, Hello there. Hello. <laughs> Hello, and these run uh, a ghost tour. Uh, up in Scotland. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that before we get cracking with the stories? Thanks uh, for inviting us to take part, Lee. Um, just to give you a little overview of the Haunted Highways Tour, it takes place on what is allegedly Scotland's most haunted road, the E75, and uh, we take guests on a bit of a journey, storytelling tour. Um, we relay accounts of the various curious happenings witnessed on the road. Um, we stop off 
at numerous points and we tell stories of what has been going on there and then we invite their um, views, their theories. It's very interactive, but it's um, quite a fascinating event for sure. I can imagine. Do you, do you, uh, cause, though, I mean, a lot of people will probably have heard of this road because it's quite, you know, when you start looking into haunted roads and it's the one of the first ones that pops up. Uh, yes. some, some say that it's the you know the most haunted road in the country, so or in, at least in England. Uh, well, not in England, in in Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, there's a, there is actually a lay-by on there where there used to be like a, what we would call a, a greasy spoon, a little yes. cast. Uh, do you do you stop at that lay-by? I think I know where you mean, and I know that we've spoken um, to the the gentleman who used to run that cafe in the past. And he told us a bit about some of the stories that he received from people um, passing by, but it no longer exists. Sadly, uh, the gentleman uh. passed away. So, um, but it's it was um, as far as I know, he retired some years ago. Mm, cool. So, do you want do you want to tell us a little little bit about what happened on this road? Because uh, you know, when I was doing my research and I came across it, this is obviously why I wanted you on the show because yeah. it was just uh, it's crazy. <laughs> I know, it's quite a, a, a strange concoction of bizarre happenings at times. I mean, you've got your kind of classic phantom hitchhiker stories and people driving along unsuspecting motorists. Someone walks in front of the car, they think it's a, a living, breathing person only to discover that there's, you know, there's nobody on the road. They stop, they're terrified, they get out and investigate, there's no one there. And then, conversely, you've got something as curious as a, a giant pair of legs that was seen running across the road and into the Kinment Woods by quite a sceptical person who was out there fixing a car. He was a breakdown recovery mechanic. Um, so it just shows you the kind of eclectic range of, of happenings on that road. Is the activity, Kathleen, is it, is it more at night or more in the daytime? Or is it about the same? I would say the reports that we've received tend to be evening, night time. There are on occasion things happening through the day. I mean, maybe we just haven't heard about them yet. And hopefully, you know, your podcast, there might be some feedback from that. But it tends to be in the evening, I would say, usually after dark, but not exclusively. Yeah. I think it was last year when I, I told you about me going driving home uh, early hours. And I, I was coming home, passing People's Park down my way. And I just saw, huh? uh, yeah, a, a people's park. I was, I was, I was on the, I was coming home from a friend's house uh, on a night time, early hours, about two in the morning. And I was passing this park. Anyway, these, I was, as I was going to the park, these legs, just, just trousers, just walked across right? the road, went to the, went onto the park. No body, just a pair of legs. Just the legs. Just the legs. Yeah. Yeah. Just the legs. I thought, oh, what, what the, f- yeah. <laughs> yeah. No body, just the legs. Um, but mind you, I've seen them in my house as well, just legs. But it's funny. I, I do see a lot. But it's anyway. funny that we get you know reports of that up and down the country. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah, it strange, is. Isn't it? Yeah. Not common, that then. Yeah. No, it's maybe more common it's, than we realise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know what, what the history of our park is like, the People's Park. No, I don't know I what know. history on it. I wonder so. why there'd be trousers running around <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night. No, no. What's Who knows? Yeah. So do you... in there. <laughs> Yeah. So, do you want to uh, give us, you know, the the, the brief history of this this road? Because, uh, you know, obviously with this this hen, I think it all starts with this hen, doesn't it? And uh, so, yeah, fire away. Well, yeah. I mean, the history of the road. The, there was two roads originally from Dumfries to Annan, 
there's a local it's called the No Road, which was a toll road, and um, the locals weren't happy having to pay tolls to go along that road to the villages. So a brand new road was was built in in 1788, I think it was, and this is now the current A70. Five Euro route, which is the one where the Kinmans Strait is on. Um, obviously, it wasn't the road like it is today now, but um, the I would say um, probably the most famous story of all is coming from the early 1960s with the Ferguson's brothers with the menagerie of animals. There's very little um, known about hauntings on that road previous to that, mm-hmm. um, but this is probably the most famous story on that road. Um, the Ferguson's there were two brothers. Derek and Norman Ferguson who were travelling from uh, Dumfries Downing and um, first of all there was a hen I'll go through it all, just an ordinary hen just yep, just a hen started to uh, fly towards them and just as it was about to hit the windscreen, it disappeared um, there was, it ended up being a menagerie of animals, one thing after another, big cats, bears I mean big cats, presumably they meant wild cats, I don't know bears, all sorts of things um, the car started shaking. I'm just abridging this. Um, the brothers eventually got out of the car, stopped the car and got out, and it all stopped. Um, it wasn't just Derek. It was his brother Norman, who was, I think, was about 14 at the time. Uh, he witnessed all this as well. So it wasn't just a one-person um, you know, uh, experience. Um, they got back into the car, and it all started again. It got cold. It got very warm. went on for quite a, quite a long time, this. Eventually... They found themselves following a white van and um, Derek put the, the brakes on the van um, and they were just getting closer and closer to this van and apparently it just disappeared. And when it did disappear, Derek looked at the, the millimetre, how fast they were going and it, they were going really very slow. slow, And it just, they just went away after that. It was, went on for a long, long time. That was a bridge. It was all sorts of animals, domestic animals, wild animals um, going for them. Yeah, on the Kinmet Street. That's probably the most famous story of the lot. It, it's a strange road. It's not just one thing. It's not just animals. It's not just human spirits that people are seeing. Mm-hmm. It can be this bear-like creature. I think it's am I right, Kathleen? Is it half half person with a bear's head or something? The woman in it. Yeah, there was a like there was that, a there? taxi driver reported mm. on one occasion seeing a lady crossing the road, or what looked like a lady, but as she was walking across the road. She almost seemed to shapeshift, like transform into what he described as a bear-like creature. It was a misty day. It, she could have been distorted somewhat, but he described her like that to me, and he was quite shocked by what he'd seen. I can imagine <laughs> shapeshifter. Very nice. I mean, is that? I mean, how common is that to see these uh, these creatures up there? Because there is reports of uh, Bigfoot up your way. Yeah, we've not come across that one on the road yet, but there's always time, isn't there? <laughs> um, there is a quarry that sits adjacent to the, the main Kinmount Street, and obviously that will have its fair share of tragic tales behind it. But it's now a place where fishermen go, and uh, there was a young couple some years ago went with a wee boy just for a day out, and uh, the mother and her son were having a lovely time just walking around enjoying the nature, but her partner suddenly became very, very uncomfortable and he was he said he was picking up on strange creatures, but he described them as being it was difficult, it was like not animal, not human, but some sort of entity different to anything he'd ever experienced before. This is his description. He said the word evil, I know it's a strong word, mm. but very negative anyway. He's picking up on this and he got his family away as quickly as possible. But they were feeling totally fine and didn't know what all the fuss was about. 
And the woman said she'd never seen her partner like that before in the 20 years they'd been together. So that was a really interesting one, and again, relating to otherworldly creatures. Yeah, I mean, to make you to get up, you know, to make you get up and go, it's got to be a, it's got to be a strong feeling of of fear, dread. right? Yeah, dread. dread. Yeah, it's not a fear, yeah. is it? It's a dread. Yeah, I think fear is completely different. A, a dread is a gut feeling, like um, yeah, you know, you just feel something's wrong, something's not right. Yeah, someone really basic, yeah. isn't it? That's in, yeah. that's instilled within you. Yeah. Again, it's um, how many do you think these? Uh, sightings uh, re- are residual, Kathleen, or still active? You know, because you know you can get residual where it's actually this, this, them entities or uh, them animals could have been walking at place hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, and there just could be residual. You know, certain times, as you know, when it's, uh, a certain time, there's like video replays. This is why they disappear and they appear and disappear. But I do know of some cases where. Some places are active all the time, and they are real entities, real real beings. Of course, yes, and you'll have a lot of experience in researching these, and you're quite right. There are incidents where, um, for example, something is seen on the road but doesn't seem to interact with the witness. It's like they're completely unaware, perhaps, as a residual haunting and energy. Whereas others, um, there has been reports of, you know, like some sort of communication. I mean, John himself witnessed... A lady crossing the road. I'll, I'll put him on. Yes, it was a couple of years ago, three years ago, and we were sitting parked up outside the um, the, kid, the white Kinman gates, you know, the big house Kinman estate. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's not a layby, but it's, it's where you can park the car. And we were parked there, and it was um, it was night time. I can't remember, probably about eight o'clock at night. I'm not sure, but uh, I was sitting sitting in the car, and um, in a distance, I thought. There's a lady walking along the side of the road. Now, you know, anybody that knows that, there's no pavements. It's a very, very busy yeah. road. Um, very busy. A lot of, lot of articulated lorries, no traffic. It never seems to stop. This lady was walking uh, towards the car, walking along the road on our side. And then the closer she got, I thought, she looks, she seems to be dressed oddly. She, as if she had a white evening dress on, which is totally just uh-huh. it's crazy, walking along the road just by herself with an evening dress on. And as she got closer to us, practically at the front of the car, she just crossed the road immediately. Now, the air was blue, I must admit, because I thought she was going to get knocked down or something. It just didn't look. She just drifted along the, over the road and into the, into the woods on the other side of the road. And um, it was just, it looked so real. It really was. It was in daylight as well. Everything I've seen, I must admit, has been in daylight, even though it's dark outside. When I see something, it's in daylight, which is interesting in itself. Uh, but yeah, it was just something, uh, it was just so real. It really was. And she looked real, but she just didn't look as if she was dressed as she should. And she didn't seem to be aware no. of what was going on no. round about her, so we wonder if perhaps she is residual. Yes, we're just talking about that. She didn't know. She, she didn't look as if she was aware the car was there or anything. Yeah. As she approached the car, got really close. She just turned round and crossed the road. Um, again, I said one one time there wouldn't have been a road there. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that being said, you know that the, the you know the road's fairly newer then. So. Where did you get? You know, where do you suppose she was going? I mean, if she is a residual playback, like it was all part of the Kinmint Estate. Even the ah, other right. side of the road, the 
state. It went for miles to a place called Hodham. Um, so it was a big estate. It still is, but now it has the A75 running through it. So days gone by, it would probably have been a field or something, I would imagine. I don't know. Something like that. Or perhaps just a track. A lot of these roads were just tracks before they were tarmacked. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's a common misnomer with ghosts. People think that you have to turn out the lights and. No, you don't. Yes. You to, yes. Uh, yes. No, no. I, I've seen spirit in the complete daylight, absolutely early in the morning. Yes. I've, seen them, I've seen them as like, when I was young, I, uh, um, I, I, I the relatives used to come to house, visit house. Um, I used to sit there and my dad and my mum would sit there and then uh, maybe a couple of my aunties was there. But there was other people there as well, you know. Uh-huh. But, but obviously I saw them, but they didn't see them, you know. So it's like, but you know, they was they never looked. Strange was they never, they never, you know, they never kind of communicated with me or talked to me. They just kept looking at me, mum and dad. You know, they didn't say, "Can you see us?" Well, nothing like that. It was like I knew there wasn't. They, you know, I knew there was dead, I knew there was a ghost, but they just just, just sat down and was looking at me, mum and dad all the time. Nothing, they didn't, well, I don't know. I was a young child. Yeah, um, Catherine. You get me offices, don't you? Places of work during yeah. office hours. Yeah. You know, people seeing things here and things. You know, it certainly doesn't have to be me, no. not at all. It's no. lots of, of people at work and hearing things and seeing things. Mm-hmm. Stories sure. of these screaming hags, then, Kathleen and John. What these, I mean, what what is a, I mean, we've certainly done lots of research and. Uh, I come across as screaming hags. What what are they? And... I think that one related to the story John was talking about earlier about the Ferguson brothers oh, um, yeah. with this yeah. screaming apparition. There have been, um, you know, like females seen by the road. There's also been a man in some sort of hessian sort of outfit, maybe like a monk or or some sort of sacking. Um, but that story of the hag doesn't seem to come up too often. Mm. I think most famously it uh, was reported by the Ferguson brothers, although people have seen all manner of strange apparitions, that particular um, account doesn't get uh, reported too often. I think the Ferguson brothers have gone for quite a long time, their experience, I, I very much abridged it, but it, it went on for 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, it was all sorts of things went for them, you know, it's just unbelievable. It just you think it was exaggerated when you look into it. You know, it's, so you have quite a long period of time for this. King for a home or anything, but but yeah, you know, screaming hugs as well. You know, it's just a terrible experience. Yeah, it almost seems like a, an assault on them rather than a yes. You yeah. know, rather than you know, you come and sort of. Has there been many? Uh, obviously, has there been any cases where you know? People have crashed a car because I've seen these entities, or has there been anybody hurt, or has a police been involved? Any any well, of these cases, Kathleen? We've heard a few um, accounts of. I mean, obviously, it's a very busy road, and yeah. tragically, sometimes there will be accidents, or people will be hurt, or maybe even just running off the road. Mm. Um, unfortunately, due to the nature of the road, that kind of thing takes place. But we have heard odd reports where people have had to like sort of swear to avoid things because they're absolutely convinced they're going to hit something and then they've kind of parked the car and, and had a look I mean at their peril might add because it's a very dangerous road but they've maybe walked along the side to see if they can see who it was and there's absolutely nothing there other people have said um, 
you know, that they saw, there was a gentleman said that he saw someone or what looked like a person lying by the roadside. And the police apparently came out to, to check it out, but there was nobody there. There was another incident on the old 75, which is, isn't used as much nowadays, and that runs between Annan and Gretna. And near um, one of the villages called Dornock, this is a very haunted stretch as well, and uh, there was a lady thought she'd run over a man in a red jumper back in 1997. You've maybe read that one. It's quite a famous one too. And she called the police out because even though she realised once she got out of the car, there was no sign of anybody, there was no dents on the car, she still got such a fright. She wasn't entirely convinced that maybe some poor soul wasn't lying out there and a field had been knocked over. So she contacted the police and they issued a description, but they never actually found this man in the red jumper and nobody came forward, to our knowledge, um, having recognised him. So I guess the police have been involved maybe on occasion, but I would imagine it's quite rare. Mm. Yeah, it's not the sort of thing you... You, you you report. I mean, a lot of people keep this sort of stuff to themselves. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah. That would be number one vehicle accident, so, you know, as if people have been swerving to miss something, and like Kathleen says, you know, there's nothing there, and people are looking under the bonnet to see if they fit anything, and mm-hmm. there's numerous uh, reports of this kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you, you had that uh, incident with that van, didn't you, Lee? Yeah, yeah. Ago? I've had the phantom car. The phantom car. Oh, right. We just yeah. disappeared. Yeah, I know other people that have seen that as well on the same stretch of road. So, I don't know. Um, you know, it, make, it does puzzle me how you know a, vi- a vehicle can be, you know, a, a ghost. Well, yeah. it's, no, it's, it's energy. It's just yeah, a, a, that, a but, video replay. But when you know. you know the conventional idea behind a ghost is like it's like the soul kind of thing. Uh-huh. Well, well, no, no, no. Again, it's except with the animals. You get all different kind of animals and humans mm. and. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah, Kathleen, what's your, John? What what are your what are your favourite ghost stories? Which ones are your, your best, your really favourite ones? You know that on the seventy five, or just in general? Just in general, really. From and our it, area, I mean, there's um, quite a lot of places that we've um, researched, and that there's some that stand out um, due to the the sort of regularity of the the haunting activity, other ones just because they're really atmospheric places. And one of them is the Theatre Royal in Dumfries, which is a big favourite. I know it is one of yours, John, as well. Scotland's oldest working theatre. Uh, it's 1792. It's got a long, long history. And there's probably more diff- more different types of hauntings there than anywhere else that I've visited. There's, there's no doubt about Maybe that. Maybe apart from the E75. Well, apart from the E75, <laughs> well, yes. Yes, approximately is 75, of course, but just for one building. It's got a very, very long history, and it's, it's, it's been revamped two or three times in its history, and it's recently been revamped. But there's all sorts. Um, I believe there's at least three or four, maybe five different spirits there, and um, certainly visiting spirits is even more. Mm. It's, um, it really is. It's, uh, it's quite a bunch of, yeah. You always find out when you're, when you're renovating these buildings. You know, mm. things quiet. But as soon as you start mm. renovating yes. or, build, or go in the, in the cellar, start knocking walls, shit, it's a van, big time. You know, you, yeah. know, you get yeah. usually the, you know, a few cases down here, that, isn't it? No. <clears throat> I so, wonder why theatre seems to be... Well, that, that obviously yeah. theatres, theatres will 
be rife with it. Obviously, yeah. people love performing to people. The energy's there, isn't it? And all that. They love that. So because they love that place so much, to keep coming back. So mm. it's visitation. Most theatres right? have at least one ghost, don't they? The same. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it's very active in there. I mean, we've heard a number of things ourselves, like including footsteps walking across a wooden floor. People have reported all sorts of strange feelings. The balcony is particularly active. Um, a number of reports concerning a sort of sense of sadness and sometimes anxiety when sitting in what what used to be the third row of the balcony. It's now the second. And that seems to be a really active space in the theatre. And um, a number of people have also witnessed things on the stage, including a, a gentleman who was standing on the stage one night when we were actually given a talk about the theatre's history. So that was really interesting. Yes, it was a gentleman supposed to seen standing behind you wasn't sort the, of like it, not in the wings but kind not, of further, not, back, further back wasn't on the it stage, yeah. uh, one of the audience said that seen a small gentleman with a cap on standing yeah. behind Kathleen yeah. when she was talking mm-hmm. um, yeah because I, I think it's uh, the theatres are fantastic places cinemas also uh, them places I love to go to because you're, you're guaranteed to get uh, some activity in them places all the time all the time I've, like you see about the sort of passion of the performers, the drama, yeah, the, the, energy, the energy, the energy, they, they the emotions. Yeah. Well, that they've not only that they've experienced or that they've performed, but the emotions they've evoked in their audience as well. And you wonder if all that leaves something behind. Mm, indeed. Well, they, they they do. They they just keep coming back. They love they love that building. It's part of their lives, and they do they can come back anytime they want. But again, you do get residual. Where, uh, maybe over a hundred years. It's just a, sure. you know, I'm not just saying there was good times in the theatre. There'll be bad times as well. So, of course, a few murders here and there, and you know, a few replays of that, and you know. So, <laughs> what about the 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 strangest case that you've heard? Uh, oh, there's been a few. I mean, one of the strangest places uh, locally for us is the Castle Loch near Loch Maven, which. Um, Allegedly, a vampire dating back from the 12th century, no less, <laughs> um, allegedly kind of lurks in the, the woodlands surrounding the old castle at Loch Maven. That's quite a famous one as well. Um, and this creature has been witnessed um, by a, a rather well-respected ghost hunter in his day, Mr Tom Robertson. You've maybe read all about this. But also a number of um, people who we've spoken to have seen a figure quite close to the roads, sometimes round about the castle. They can't tell exactly what it is. It just looks like a, you know, maybe someone dressed in like a hood or, or again, that sort of sacking, um, really old fashioned. But they don't get the impression it's like a ghost for some reason. They feel it's something else. I know vampire, it conjures up all sorts of imagery, doesn't it? But... It's just how it's been described. So it's known as the Loch Maven Vampire. That is a very odd one indeed. Okay, why why do people think that it's a vampire? Well, I think it was kind of um, came about because there was like a an ancient legend, um, which was written about. Um, as I say, back to the 12th century, when the chronicler Will- William of Newborough wrote of all these mysterious events at the Castle of Anantis, as he described it. There were different schools of thought. Some people thought it was Anic Castle in Northumberland. Other people thought it was Annan Castle, which is quite close to Loch Maven. And the legend ties in with, like, Robert the Bruce's family. And um, apparently a plague-bearing stranger came to the castle at Annan and obviously brought the plague. He was from somewhere in Yorkshire 
and um, they, they buried him after he died, but he kept returning and apparently spreading this plague through the village. So a monk who witnessed some of these events back in all those back all those centuries ago was like a witness to it. And for some reason from that story, this like walking ghost or revenant as he was described has maybe tied in with the legend of a vampire. Um, somehow the stories have all kind of come together, but somebody who has been buried and has come back undead um, to wreak havoc on the village. Yeah, okay, that one, well that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Some story, it really is. You yeah, must yeah. look it up, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, well, it's not actually uh, Christopher Lee, is it? The old it. Uh, the movies, you know, where the, the Christopher is the vampire, you know, Dracula. You know, that that's a story. That's just a story anyway, just a legend. So it's, it's not to me. But again, these, are these creatures um, spirits or are they actually living? You know, well, this is it. Are, they, are they living in a different frequency? You know, uh-huh. like the elves, the fairies, the gnomes. Um, are these in a different frequency? And, they, and they, sometimes they can come out. Well, this could be it, and it could be, you know, like maybe some sort of creature that we just don't know, we, we don't know what that is, it's not in our frame of reference, it's it's um, something that hasn't been discovered, it could be a different kind of entity, like you say, in a different level, mm. and maybe for some reason the, the worlds overlap or certain people have the ability to see them. I mean, we certainly, when we're talking to people, don't profess to have all the answers, that's for sure, there's far more questions than answers, but it's a great talking point, and it's really quite strange and to discuss it. When was the last time he was seen? This same creature, this person, probably within maybe the last five, six years. All right, so pretty Um, recent. recent. Possibly Mm. more recent, but you know what it's like, sometimes people don't feel comfortable coming forward to talk about it because they fear that they'll be ridiculed. Yeah, indeed. You can kind of understand where that comes from because people will... will, um, joke around and um, I suppose if it's happened to you and it's very real you want somebody to listen to you to take you seriously hmm. uh, Have you come across any other I mean that's obviously a strange creature but what any other strange creatures? I'm just trying to think have we encountered any creatures? Um, I'm not sure if we have Not creatures um, There's been so many things over the years it's just trying to rack your brains now and think I think you saw a man crossing the seventy-five as well with the dogs, didn't you? You saw dogs. Well, yes, I did. I, yeah, with, with the dogs, walking dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I forgot about that actually. Yeah, I did see a man crossing. Much about the same same areas not where so we much were. Strange, but no, not strange, but just um, walking dogs. Yeah, uh, I think they were quite. I don't know what kind of dogs they were. Maybe they were stations or labradors. Quite big dogs. A man just walking and disappearing uh, through a wall. That's right. Yes. Well, that's is. that's pretty mm-hmm. unusual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you got but you got humans, animals, but now you have got humans with animals. Mm. You yes, know, yes, yes. So yeah. you know, so you're getting that kind of pairing now where they, you know, it's that's, that's very strange. If if you're having an insight into their world, it could be residual, but it could be. I don't. It's difficult to see. And I mean, they probably are, well. I don't believe they're aware of us a lot of these. They're just. Maybe going along, going doing what they always did, like seeing a different dimension. Yeah, or this is my again. This is my. I know. I keep telling Lee this, and I don't know if Lee agrees with me, but um, I do believe that the past, present, and future are working at, at, at the right time, at exactly yep. the time. 
So yes, we, do agree. Yeah. Yes. So yes. we think we're the future, but we could be the past. You know. Yes. Yes. So uh-huh. it's yes. you know what you're seeing is something that's maybe in the future. We're the past. We're not the you know. So it's yes. you know what you're seeing, but not all the time. I'm saying there's been a ca- there has been cases, Lee, and accounts of this, and you know that. You had a good one, didn't you? Was it your yeah? What your dad's telling you? Yeah, about? yeah, grand and yeah. I, grand times, yeah. So, yeah. A, so yeah. these could be actually people who are our future, possibly. Who knows? Could be right. But right. yeah. yeah. what about another favourite ghost story that you've come across? I mean, uh, or a place so you, or, you know, or a place you'd like to go, even. I mean, one of the places. Um, I'm just trying to think locally. We've been to so many different locations. There's a, a really interesting old castle called Closeburn Castle. Um, it's the ancient seat of the clan, the families of Kirkpatrick, and that's not that far from where we live. It has an interesting legend, just for you talking about creatures as well, mm. of a bleeding swan, and it's like a death omen. Okay. Um, so... It's not been seen for a long, long time, but apparently it used to herald the death of one of the Kirkpatrick family. So they would see this swan in the loch, just this one single swan with the bleeding breast. And after seeing that, usually some misfortune would befall the family. So that's quite an interesting one. We have visited there. That's one of our favourite places in Dumfries and Galloway. And just love that story. Um, Hopefully the swan won't be seen again, but um, it's again, it's... Just one of these fascinating tales, more of a death portent than a kind of omen than a ghost. Yeah, like but a, something a little bit unusual. Banshee almost. Aye, that kind of thing, yeah. Mm. Is it a wraith then? Yeah, it's a banshee, isn't it? Yeah, I'm in a death, yeah. Yeah. A foreteller of doom. Mm. What about what about, <laughs> <laughs> what about uh UFOs or, or alien encounters? I mean, is that I know it's not really your wheelhouse, but I mean is that something that occurs up there? Yeah, I mean we've we're fascinated with all these kinds of things, really, although it tends to be primary interest ghosts and hauntings, but totally into all these other things like big cat sightings and um, yeah. like UFOs. I mean, there have been many reports over the Solway over the years and um, people seeing things, strange lights. Um, there was the West Fruch incident. That's worth looking up. It's an MOD um, base locally. And uh, some years ago, there was strange objects that were witnessed on the radar down there, but there's all sorts of things have come up over the years. Moffat, um, the town of Moffat was a bit of a UFO hotspot in the kind of the late 70s, and um, a number of people in the town reported seeing objects in the sky. It was predominantly two ladies who kept a diary of these events, and uh, they claimed to see all sorts of things. They didn't actually see beings, but they reported craft, um, electrical interference, this kind of thing, seeing a large, what they described as like a mothership um, up in the skies. But that was quite a short-lived experience for Moffat. It lasted, you know, maybe for a few years and then, you know, those stories really died down. But that was quite famous at one time. Mm. I heard of that, that, so yeah, look into that. It was worth looking into, yeah. Definitely worth looking into that, isn't it? Well, well, what road did we do, Lee? Uh, on them that UFO one, A fifty seven, A fifty seven on it, yeah, the A fifty seven, yeah, the UFO ones. That was a well abduction case. The abductions wanted on the A fifty seven. That was really oh, good. That was yes. really really good. Mm-hmm. 
we did a show on that, didn't we? Brilliant stories out there, and it's um, really quite thought-provoking stuff, isn't it? Mm. What about John? John, have you got any uh, particular favourite stories? Well, I suppose I've got my experience at Hemisfield Tower. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, it's something I'll never forget uh, a number of years ago. Um, in the pretty early days of Mostly Ghostly, um, there's a tower called Amosfield Tower which we investigated in the October, I think it was 2009, and we went to investigate the house, Amosfield House. It was like a large mansion house, which is sort of next door. A lot of these, when people moved out of the tower houses, often built mansion houses. And uh, we went in there, um, the team, and we were carrying out what we called baseline checks, you know, checking for squeaky floorboards and things like that. And uh, anyway, we were in, I was in with another member of the team upstairs, setting out trigger objects, and I had nothing to do in that particular room. So I was looking out of the window, there was a four-poster bed, um, and I was looking out of the window, and I looked at the bed after about oh, a few seconds, and I saw a lady lying in the bed. Now, she wasn't, she wasn't there when I went into the room. I thought she was dead initially, and then I quickly realised she was, she was breathing. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked three, four, five paces to the foot of the bed, and when I looked at her again, she was, her head was raised. She wasn't sitting up. Her head was raised. And I'll never forget what she looked like. She had blue eyes. Her face was all wrinkled. She had grey, white hair. And she looked absolutely terrified. And I was scared stiff as well. I forgot I was most, most, mostly ghosted. Where my colleague wasn't there. It was just, it was so strange. And what struck me, to be honest, was... What am I doing? I didn't know where I was. What am I doing in an old lady's room? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I was scared stiff. And uh, I thought, what if I found out? I, I didn't know where I was. It just completely gone. Uh, I remember going out of the room, walking backwards, shutting the door, not taking me uh, eyes off this lady. The next thing I remember, I was sitting down in the kitchen with another member of the team came and realised there was something wrong. And it was... Um, that room, of course, was on the investigation... And Kathleen said, you don't need to go up if you don't want to. But I did actually go in mm. the room. And when I got there, she wasn't there. The room was normal. But what I have to say is, and this is something I didn't realise when I joined the team, it was a feeling that came through from this lady. I'd never experienced anything like it before. The actual feeling came right through. I mean, I felt so upset. I think I had tears in my eyes. I remember putting my hand on the bed and saying, I'm really sorry if I've upset you. She wasn't there. But for me, the feeling was there. That was an experience I'll never forget. And that was in my early days with the team. Just the fact that the feeling came over, but just so real to me. And the question, again, we've talked to other people was, um, Kathleen's mentioned, did the lady in the bed think I was a ghost? Yeah. Yeah. Did you you, you kind of time... I mean, I think there... Did you time slip? Was you actually in air time? You know, you went to a time and you was actually... when When I was looking at this lady, the room was different. My colleague wasn't there. Yeah. The, the trigger objects had a set of cards, so they disappeared. They just, yeah. it was, and it was, yeah, it was, could have been extremely really tight. Yeah, I think you went into actually hair time. It'd be great to look yeah. out the window, wouldn't it? See, mm. see yes. if the landscape would have changed, or you see horses or cats and all that yeah. stuff out there. Been like, definitely a time slip, but yeah, fantastic. Right? Yeah. And it might explain why the old lady looked so frightened as well, because if she was aware she was dead, for example, yeah. she, she might the not. Ghost. Yeah, so maybe both parties um, saw something and were both terrified as a result. Yeah. But it's a very memorable experience for you, John. I'll never forget it ever. No. 
Well, I, I see a face just now, you know, just when I think about it, it's so real. Yeah. Great experience, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah have you got any more stories, Kathleen and John? Any more, some, uh, some really good ones? Well, there was a, an interesting mansion house near Castle Douglas called Greenlaw Mansion. Just kind of, um, uh, just we're talking about the sort of time slip side. Yeah. Um, one of the colleagues in the team some years ago, actually, we were doing a bit of a research visit there. And the, the mansion house had been gutted by fire many years ago, like in the 1980s, but it was being renovated um, by a gentleman who's put his heart and soul into it, you know, bringing it back to life and um, we were walking through the different rooms just exploring and he said you know you can go into any of the rooms see if you notice anything or pick up on anything so we did and we walked into a, one of his daughter's rooms and she was just a young girl at the time so you can imagine what the room was like it was pretty it was pink there was lots of fluffy things just as you would expect maybe in a wee girl's room but when my colleague walked in he said you know, he didn't see it like that. When he walked into the room, he said it was a very drab, windowless box room. He said there was nothing, you know, of any colour except for a patchwork quilt on the bed. That was the only splash of colour he saw. It was a single bed and there was a dressing table in the corner. There was a, a woman sitting at the dressing table, but she did not interact at all. She had her back to him. And there was one of those old-fashioned sets with a brush and the comb in the mirror sitting and he said that the walls were all grey and drab and um, he said it was like walking into like a picture into a photograph because there was no interaction she didn't seem to be aware of him at all and he got quite a shock and when he came out of the room and he went back into it again it was back to being you know the wee girl's room but um, he was quite ashen I remember the expression and quite grey looking at his skin he he got such a shock and we didn't know what exactly had happened there I don't know if he would call that a time slip as well or or what he would call it but quite a memorable experience at Greenlaw Absolutely Can can I ask you uh, what kind of equipment you use Kathleen on your investigations I mean, I have to say we keep it very, very simple. Um, We are not particularly technical or scientific minded, so therefore we just go back to basics. We're more into the kind of historical research side than than, um, using the old sort of style, the trigger objects, inviting communication with respect, of Of course, course, of course, and keeping, um, you know, filming, recording, that kind of thing. But in all honesty, I know there is an awful lot of stuff out there that you can use. And, you know, you've got all your different meters and one thing or another. But if you're not really fair confident using them, you know, maybe you're going to be reading it and thinking someone's going on when it isn't. Or, you know, I think some people are more inclined to use their sort of technical equipment and can get some great results from that, whereas other people like the sort of more traditional style. So we kind of go down that route, although we are open to new ideas, Mm. certainly. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, um, got to thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you thank for having you. us. Thanks very much. It's been uh, interesting. Yeah, hopefully uh, one day when we're down uh, down your neck of the up woods, uh, sorry, sorry, up there, Kathleen and John uh, will come and join you for a night investigation because I'd love oh, to. Go, I'd love to actually go down. And if you're ever on that E75 road and you see anything, please do get in touch because we would love to hear from you. But thank yeah. you so much for your kind invitation. <laughs> We've enjoyed. I think we're going to head here for the night, aren't we, Lee? Oh yeah, we've got we've got, some, we've, got some, we've got a few days vacation in the next few months, so I reckon we'll we're going to hit uh, Canuck Chase because that's actually a hot spot okay. for anything. Uh, but I'd love to go that. 
Good luck with your own investigations and research. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, it'll be... Uh, Who knows? Something. You have to be in the right place, right time, don't you? Bob? Yeah, I'll have my phone ready. I'll have my camera, my video camera, <laughs> and my audio, and hope to see something or hear something. Mm. So. But again, you know, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And uh, Thank you. Thank you very much, yes. That's a pleasure. pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Kathleen. Bye-bye, thank John. Take Enjoy care. your weekend. Bye-bye. Thank Happy you. Happy contact. Good night. Oh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> and you. See ya. This is the tale of the hairy hands of Dartmoor. Now, Dartmoor is no stranger to the paranormal, but legend has it, on the road between Pottsbridge and Two Bridges, there has been many cases of invisible hands grabbing the steering wheel of unsuspecting drivers' vehicles and forcing them off the road. Reports go back to 1910 and they afflict drivers of cars, motorcycles and coaches. But in nearly all these cases, the drivers managed to get away unscathed. The car veered off the road, hit a verge and they managed to wrestle control back and go about the journey. But that all changed in June 1921, when Dr. E.H. Helby, who was the medical officer for the local Dartmoor prison, was riding his motorcycle with his daughters in the sidecar, when all of a sudden the bike began to veer across the road. The girls glanced at their father, and they could clearly see him wrestling for control. With that, he shouted for them to jump clear, to which they did, and survived. Unfortunately, the doctor, either unable or unwilling to jump from the bike, was killed in the resulting crash. Another incident involved a coach that lost control, injuring several passengers who were thrown out their seats in the same spot. Later, In 1921, an army captain reported a pair of invisible hands taking control of his motorcycle and forcing him off the road. In a book by Michael Williams called Supernatural Dartmoor, he tells a story about author and journalist Rufus Endel, who claimed that when he was driving near Portsbridge, A pair of hands gripped the driving wheel and he had to fight for control. He managed to avoid a crash and then the hands disappeared just as inexplicably as they had come. Now you may be wondering where the hairy hands come into this. Well the story goes that just off this stretch of road in 1924 a young couple were camping in a caravan and in the middle of the night the young woman was awoken sharply her heart racing with terror her bunk faced the window and it was in this window she saw a pair of almost human hands covered in thick hair pressed against the glass She recalls feeling nothing but sheer evil from the presence. And as she began to gasp, she instinctively 
made the sign of the cross, to which the hands, or the creature, rapidly withdrew. For me, most reports claim invisible hands. I think the hairy hands comes from the later story of that campsite encounter. As far as explanations go, I tend to believe that the people coming off the road was due to the road having an adverse camber. It is said that an investigation was carried out on the road and it was eventually determined that the accidents were most likely caused due to the camber of the road surface, which the report claims reached dangerous levels in places. The road was later altered and the accounts almost entirely seem to have been consigned to history. You know, the history up in Scotland is, is vast and mm. the amount of castles they've got, you expect to see a lot of ghost stories up there. So, yeah, thank you very much, John and Kathleen, for coming on. And yep, thank you very much. Some of those Brilliant. Right, my weird story time. We're going to get a jingle for that, aren't we? But yeah, we, don't, we, are. we haven't quite we decided. One yet, we? No. we haven't chosen one yet. So anyway, this one comes from Margaret Taylor. And obviously time slips came up a little bit there and and yeah this vaguely sounds like a time slip to me but again it, but let me read it to where you the saying then... go, Lee, sorry uh, where the saying is is who's the ghost mm. them or me let me read this to you and then see if you get that impression as okay. well okay so she says um hello guys she says i wanted to send you an email in response to the new segment of the show you are doing for the listener strange stories my word story uh, this isn't a paranormal by any means, and again, they don't have to be. That's no, the whole point, yeah. so that's good. But it's interesting. That happened to me a little more than a year ago. Here it goes. I saw a recommendation on Tumblr about a hair mask from Sheer Moisture Company, and it was made for curly hair. I wanted to give it a try. She's got curly hair, okay? You just worked that out? Yeah, well. Okay, fair enough then. The scent was coconut and hibiscus. And I'd seen other hair masks sold by this company which can come in single-use packets that I typically buy from a drugstore. I went to the Target. That's a shop in America, isn't it? Target, yeah. yeah. I went to Target, not even a few days after reading the Tumblr post, and was able to find the coconut hibiscus hair mask, especially easily among the other sheer moisture products. It came in a pink packet... And I bought one packet to try out. I remember using the hair mask a few days later and really enjoying the product. I have frizzy, wavy hair that typically does not fall into a style on its own. And this product worked wonders in my hair, giving it a smooth and defined curls. My husband even commented on the way my hair looked and was smelling. And I knew I'd found my New go-to product. Yeah, right. It's not an advert. This is... No. Okay. Next time I'm in Target, same exact store, location and everything, I go back to the Sheer Moisture section to buy more packets. But there are no pink packets anywhere to be found. I should mention that Sheer Moisture has other hair products with single-use hair mask packets, other hair needs like dry hair, coloured hair, etc. And the coconut coconut and hibiscus curling hair mask is nowhere to be found 
I even asked the target worker if he could take a look and he wasn't able to find it either. I thought if I couldn't locate it in the store I could definitely order it online and I did a very extensive search on Google and their website. Yep. There was absolutely no coconut and hibiscus curling mask pink packets anywhere to be found. I'm going to copy you the email that I sent to Share Moisture uh, Customer Service email because I was still very confident that I would find this magic product. When I inquired about the product, the customer service rep said she had no clue on the product I was talking about. The product didn't exist. When you look at the email, you will see a woman from customer services had not heard the of this hair mask for curling coconut and hibiscus and told me I had probably purchased the curling enhancer smoothie. Maybe I would believe this if it were not for the difference in price and packaging in the overall product itself. The curling enhancer smoothie is being sold in a container for about $16 and the single hair mask being sold in a pink packet for about $3. Okay. As you can see, this is very odd, and even now, more than a year later, when I can now finally purchase the curling coconut and hibiscus hair mask, both online and in store, when it was finally uh, able to purchase it more than a year after, I had tried the product first in Target and had spoken to the lady in customer services who had not heard of this item. I had purchased it, but it does come in a little... Oh no, hang on. I have purchased it and it does come in a little pink packet for about $3. I must admit, it never worked as well as it did the one time in which the mo- uh, the most unfortunate part... I must admit, it never worked as well as it did that one time which is the most unfortunate part <coughs> besides uh, notching it in store and wondering if it was either briefly a parallel universe where the product did exist before my time or a part of a small product testing experiment. Who knows? Uh, see the email. So then she sends me the email and obviously, like she says in there, they don't. Yeah. They just said, look, this product doesn't exist and basically try and uh, palm her off with this smoothie. Did she keep the packaging then? No, well, you don't, do you? I mean, you use, it's one-time use. You, you took it away and... Yeah, but it but it all starts with a Tumblr post. Mm. So she's actually read. So she's gone looking for it based on the recommendation. Yeah. So, so you've got a lot of things playing in here. So you've got like, um, you know, obviously a Tumblr post saying, "Yeah, someone could have got it wrong on there." Yeah. But then she goes to the store and finds it. Mm. But now they do it a year later. They actually do it in the same packaging. What she describes in the email, obviously a year before they. Yeah, put up. now the, they could have that email could have gone to their um, research department and they could have said, "Oh, this will be a good idea." And maybe done it based on area. Yeah. You don't know, do you? But it just seems again, you know, coincidence. But no such thing as coincidences. Well, there is, but there isn't. That that sounds a little bit like a time slip. So she's actually gone to a store a year ahead. Yeah, got the products, came out. Then she's gone back to a normal time a year before. Of course, they're not out. Mm. Interesting. Very but, interesting. Yeah, obviously, it must have registered on their 
on their on their tills though. Once yeah. you've gone out, beep, yeah, she beep, bought beep, it, yeah. red registered on everything else. So, you know, it would have gone back there and said, well, you know, you've got records of that. That's a weird one. But weird thank one. you very yeah. much, Margaret. Yeah, uh, thank that, you, Margaret. That yeah. was uh, definitely a time slip. Interesting, to say the least. Yeah. So that's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us, as ever. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much. Uh, keep uh, bringing your reviews. Um, more, 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 please. The the better. Um, they're very, very, you know, valuable to us. Um, you know, we need them, uh, reviews yep. all the time. And I put up a post this week about, uh, you know, obviously we've just bought some new microphones. Not yes, we these. Have. These are not those. They are downstairs in a box. Still in the box. Um, so we'll be getting them out. So they should be. They next will week. be used in the next show. Yeah. So thank you very much for everybody that supported the show in thank any you very way. Much. Yeah. Because obviously all your patrons out there. Yeah. That, that's up. what you know that goes towards that sort of stuff. Yeah. So of course it does. Thank you very much. And uh, that being said, we will see you next week. Yep. And uh, have a good weekend, everybody. See you soon. Hello, listeners. Failure to listen to this message may result in a painful death. I say may because I don't want to be sued. If you have any feedback for the show, please send it to us. If you have time, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Now, return next week or face the consequences. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.